Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be talking about my eight must-own sleepers for 2023 fantasy football. We are going to be talking about eight different players that are going past the 10th round. So the 10th round or later, which in a 12-team league begins with pick 109. But before we get into these must-own sleepers, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below while you're down there. Whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure to leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you want my fantasy football rankings for half or full PPR, they're available on the Patreon for $7.50. So without further ado, let's get into my must-own sleepers for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with my first must-own sleeper, Zay Flowers, wide receiver of the Baltimore Ravens, consensus ADP wide receiver 46 at pick 109. The consensus ADP is a combination of ESPN, sleeper, NFL, and RT sports together. Zay Flowers looked really solid in training camp as well as in the little bit of preseason action that he got. He even scored a touchdown up against the Houston Texans. He was the 22nd overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft as the third wide receiver off the board following Jackson Smith and the Jigba, as well as Quentin Johnston. He played four years at Boston College with his sophomore season being his breakout year. In 12 games in 2022, he had 78 receptions on 130 targets, 1,077 receiving yards, 12 receiving touchdowns, 60% catch rate, and a 29.6% target rate in that Boston College offense. Zay Flowers is on a team with wide receivers that are as one would describe as brittle, right? Rashad Bateman, I am a huge Rashad Master Bateman truther, but this guy gets hurt lacing his cleats up. Same thing goes with Odell Beckham Jr. I think there's a pretty solid chance that at some point this season, Zay Flowers becomes the number two receiver, and with the injury proneness of the wide receivers around him, Zay Flowers might fuck around and end up as the number one wide receiver in this offense. This is a new Todd Monken offense, their new offensive coordinator. Todd Monken loves to throw the football. So this is going to be a more pass-heavy team than you're used to in the past with the Baltimore Ravens. So I want to take a shot late in fantasy football drafts on a guy who I think is incredibly talented coming out of college and who could end up being the number one wide receiver, the number one target on the Baltimore Ravens. Moving to my number two must-own sleeper, Adam Thielen, wide receiver of the Carolina Panthers. Consensus ADP wide receiver 50 at pick 129. Now all offseason, I have jumped around and talked about all of the wide receivers that I think have the upside to be the number one for the Carolina Panthers. That would be Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, as well as my boy Baby Chark, do 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 Baby Chark. But recently, I came to the conclusion that the most likely scenario to me would be that Adam Thielen just becomes this target monster in the Panthers offense. He becomes the over-the-middle guy for Bryce Young, the safety blanket for Bryce Young. Now, is it guaranteed that this happens? Of course not, right? Jonathan Mingo, great, great, I almost said great Wookiee wide receiver, like he's fucking Chewbacca, great rookie wide receiver. They have DJ Chark. 
But I wouldn't be shocked at all if Adam Thielen got over 100 targets this season. And while Adam Thielen wasn't the most productive wide receiver on earth last year in Minnesota, maybe he's just able to get so many targets in this Panthers offense that he ends up paying off at pick 129 wide receiver 50. Last year was the wide receiver 30 in PPR and 43 in PPR points per game for the Vikings. 17 games played with 17 starts, 107 targets, 6.3 per game, ranking 28th. 70 receptions, 4.1 per game, 29th. 716 receiving yards 42.1 per game 42nd and six total touchdowns 20 at that wide receiver I know a lot of people tend to point to the argument against Adam Thielen is that this guy has just gotten too old he's not the same wide receiver that he used to be when in my opinion the more obvious reason as to why his fantasy points have declined is because Justin Jefferson himself is an absolute behemoth of a wide receiver in the NFL. Justin Jefferson is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Last year, Adam Thielen ranked third in total route wins. He ranked 15th in route win rate and 29th in win rate versus man. So Adam Thielen isn't completely off of his rocker at this point. Is he guaranteed to be the number one wide receiver the whole season for the Carolina Panthers? Of course not, but I want to be taking shots late on these Carolina Panthers wide receivers. And recently, I just came to realize, like I said, that I think Adam Thielen probably has the best shot to be the number one receiver. Moving to my number three, must-own sleeper Raheem, the dream moster running back of the Miami Dolphins. Consensus ADP running back 44 at pick 141. Raheem Mostert's ADP is rising quicker than your cock after you take a Viagra. Raheem Mostert is moving up boards because Jeff Wilson is injured and injured in a big way. He not only hurt one part of his body, he hurt multiple parts of his body, and the way head coach Mike McDaniel sounded when he talked about Jeff Wilson became very, very scary because the way he talked about things wasn't, oh, we'll get him back after the four-week pup. He'll be on the field in week five or hey, we're pretty positive he's going to come back soon. We had to put him on the IR, but he'll be all good. No. Mike McDaniel basically tells us that, hey, we had to hold him back from injuring himself more. He wants to play. He could come back this season, basically. Now, again, he didn't say exactly what I just said, but what I got from that is he could come back this season. Maybe he'll be back by, like, week 12. If that's the case, and it's Raheem Mostert, Devin Two Chains, as well as Salvin Ahmed, and this other rookie running back they just drafted in Brooks, Raheem Mostert has a really good chance to be the lead guy in Miami. Last year, running back 25 in PPR, 31 in PPR points per game, tied with Javante Williams. Raheem Mostert quickly elevated himself last year to be the number one running back on the team. And then they brought in Jeff Wilson from San Francisco via trade to kind of be the one-two punch of the offense, right? Raheem's got more of the speed, but Jeff Wilson is a bigger, more pass-catching type of back, but that doesn't mean that Raheem Mostert can't catch passes. Last year, 42 targets, 31 receptions, 202 receiving yards. He had 181 carries, 891 rushing yards, and five total touchdowns. He was 16th in true yards per carry and 20th in yards per touch. Mike McDaniel also noted that he felt bad for the running backs last year because they weren't running the ball enough despite the fact that they were one of the most effective run games in the NFL. They just chose to go away from it, and as a 
Dolphins fan, this was something that was really bothering me. Instead of just running the ball a bunch, they would try to make these crazy game-breaking plays with Tyreek, Jalen Waddle. instead of just running the fucking ball. They did it against Buffalo in the snow last year, if you guys remember that game. The Buffalo Bills were getting bent over a table by the rushing attack, but Mike McDaniel's stubborn ass kept throwing. So it seems like Mike McDaniel acknowledged that, hey, maybe we shouldn't throw this much because our rushing game is so good. Now, obviously, losing Jeff Wilson hurts, but it certainly helps out Raheem Mostert's fantasy value. Moving to my number four must-own sleeper, Zay Jones, wide receiver of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Consensus ADP wide receiver 58 at pick 168. Now, Zay Jones was a guy that was basically cast away, right? They bring in Calvin Ridley. They already have Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne. They draft Tank Bigsby. This kind of just cucks Zay Jones out of what was a really solid last season, right? Wide receiver, 26 in PPR, 32 in PPR points per game, 16 games played with 15 starts. He was 18th in targets with over 120, 17th in receptions, 32nd receiving yards, and he scored five total touchdowns. He was relatively efficient as well. 14th in target separation, 25th in total route wins, and 30th in in route win rate, but he was cast away because Calvin Ridley appears as the number one wide receiver, and in most people's heads, the one and two on a two wide receiver set in this offense was going to be Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley, but throughout the preseason games, it became very evident that on the two wide receiver sets, that it was Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley out there, not Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. This has led to an epiphany that cost me 50 at Tiffany. Shout out to Tiffany Stephanie that I had of, hey, maybe where Christian Kirk is going right now in around the fifth round is a scary pick. Now, can Christian Kirk pay off being just used mostly in three wide receiver sets? 100%, right? Because Trevor Lawrence is such a great quarterback, because this is such a great offense. But where he's going, it feels like a gross pick because you know he's not going to be out there all the time. Zay Flowers as well as Calvin Ridley are. Now, there's also a chance that this is just all fugazi. It's a wazi, it's a woozy. And during preseason, they want to just try out Zay Jones more. And then when push comes to shove, when the bright lights start shining, that... Zay Jones is going to be the guy that's the number three on the three receiver sets, right? And it's going to be Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley. That is also possible. But we can't completely underrate what we saw across a decent sample size of preseason action. So if Zay Jones is the number two receiver in the two receiver sets with Calvin Ridley, then Zay Jones is a blatant smash pick at wide receiver 58. He is a no-brainer because the upside of such a good offense like the Jacksonville Jaguars being the number two option on the two wide receiver sets is just too juicy to pass up on this late in drafts. Plus, if I'm wrong and Christian Kirk is in there with the two wide receiver sets, you drafted him so late, you could just cut him and not feel bad about him. You probably still want to hold him because the Jags offense is so good, but you could just move past him a couple weeks into the season. Moving now to must-own sleeper number five, Nico Cousin. Let's go bowling. Collins, wide receiver of the Houston Texans. Consensus ADP wide receiver 59 to pick 169. Very nice. I like number 69. Very funny. Wide receiver 77 last year in PPR and 53 in PPR points per game. But last season, Nico Collins was kind of the, not kind of, he was the number two receiver behind Brandon Cooks. But Brandon Cooks got shipped 
not too far away to the Dallas Cowboys. So now, in my opinion, Nico Collins will be atop the Iron Throne as the number one receiver in Houston. Sure, they have Tank Dell. Sure, they have John Mechie. But based upon everything that I've seen in preseason and everything that I saw last season, Nico Collins deserves the first crack at being the number one target in this offense. Now, could John Mechie end up sprouting up and being the number one target on this offense? 100%, right? John Mechie was a freak athlete in college. He was drafted relatively highly for a reason, even with his injury, and he missed all of last season. But again, I really do believe that Nico Collins, while he doesn't have that same high draft capital as a guy like John Mechie, I think Nico Collins is going to end up being the number one target here. And this isn't an offense that I expect to be completely putrid. I think going from Davis, Money, Mills to CJ Stroud is like night versus day. I really think that this offense is going to be somewhat solid. Last year, Nico Collins, again, wasn't amazing. Wide receiver, 77 in PPR, 53 in PPR points per game. 10 games played with seven starts. He ranked 63rd in targets, 72nd in receptions, 68th in receiving yards, and 76th in total touchdowns with two. And that's mostly because... The quarterback play was absolute dick cheese. Bottom of the barrel. Davis Mills is not good. 6.2 target accuracy, 100th at receiver. Though he had a second highest ranked catch rate in the NFL and fourth highest true catch rate. So now, as long as CJ Stroud isn't terrible, Nico Collins is going to be seeing a decent amount of volume in offense. I think it'll be just okay. And I think Nico Collins could flash in this system. He flashed last year multiple times with legitimately bottom of the barrel. Like I said, just terrible quarterback play out of Davis Mills. Davis Mills actually looked pretty decent in 2021. In 2022, it was like nothing increased. It was almost worse, to be honest with you. So... I like Nico Collins, the receiver. I liked him a decent amount last year entering into the season, but I think now that he has a actually competent quarterback is the time where Nico Collins is going to flourish, fly, fucking throw his feathers up like a peacock. At number six, we got Roshan Johnson, running back of the Chicago, Chicago Bears. Consensus ADP running back 53 at pick 186. Now, if you guys are new to the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button down below. You may not know about my love affection, my love affair with Khalil Herbert, who I believe will be the lead back of the Chicago Bears. But while I say I think Khalil Herbert's going to be the lead back, is he going to be a 70% snap guy compared to Roshan's 30%, or is it going to be closer to 60-40, which would be kind of my opinion on things? Apparently, Dante Foreman also stinks to high heaven, and he was a guy that was potentially going to get cut from the team, so that gives me even more added confidence that Roshan is the clear number two back on this team. Now, Roshan Johnson probably would have been a household name had Bijan Robinson not shown up and kind of cucked Roshan Johnson at Texas. Roshan, prior to Bijan Robinson, was looking like this guy could be a pretty high NFL draft pick. Now, he was still a fourth-round draft pick, so I'm not saying that he went undrafted or something. In 2022, at 21 years old at Texas, 93 carries for 554 rushing yards. He had 14 receptions for 123 yards and six total touchdowns. Again, the stats might not be mouth-watering, they might not be orgasmic for you, but if you look at the efficiency stats, he forced a missed tackle on 48.9% of his rushing attempts last season, which is crazy. Basically, half the time someone tried to tackle him, he fucking shrugged that motherfucker off, right? 
and 9.6% of his carries resulted in 15 or more yards. So again, this guy was a hidden gem on the Texas offense because Bijan Robinson, the most generational running back, the running back everyone gets down on their knees and gives the Gawk Gawk 9,000 special to, is ahead of him. And I get it. I'm a Bijan truther. I fucking love Bijan Robinson. I've given him the metaphorical Gawk Gawk 9,000 on a million videos already. But Roshan Johnson has the talent. If something happens to Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson would be the number one running back on a pretty solid rushing offense with a better offensive line compared to last season. And there's also a chance that maybe Khalil Herbert can't handle that big load. Pause, right? He can't be the RB1 for a long period of time, right? David Montgomery was the running back one last year in Chicago, and maybe that allows an avenue for Roshan Johnson to be a Hulk smash in 2023 fantasy football. Before we move on into must-own sleepers 7 and 8, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Now, if you don't know what Underdog Fantasy is, it is the best place to play best ball fantasy football this summer. If you don't know what best ball is, it's the best part about fantasy football. It's the draft, and that's it. There's no waivers, no trades, and no in-season management at the end of every single week underdog automatically throws the highest scores into your lineup for you so if you're someone who accidentally starts the wrong receiver half the time then guess what you don't have to worry about that because underdog automatically puts the highest scores in for you and the best thing is now you can draft a million teams and not have to worry about doing the waivers all that every single week they have the biggest fantasy football contest ever 25 dollars to enter 150 max entries three million dollars to first place $15 million in total prizes. They also have weekly contests during the NFL season. And if you want to enter kind of more low stakes contests, they have sit and go leagues, which is basically just you versus 11 other people. For as low of a buy-in as $3, you draft up against 11 other people. At the end of the season, the first two places make money and third place gets their money back. So if that sounds interesting to you, make sure you use promo code NOTORIOUS or click on the link in the video description. For a first match deposit bonus of up to $100, you deposit $100, they give an additional $150, additional $50, $25, an additional $25. Minimum deposit on there is $10. Make sure you guys check that out. It helps me out a ton. Moving now to must-own sleeper number seven. We got Marvin Mimsy, wide receiver of the Denver Broncos. Consensus ADP wide receiver 74 at pick 226. Now, entering just a couple of months ago, I was someone who wasn't the highest on Marvin Mims because I felt like the Denver Broncos offense as a whole was really high on Tim Patrick, right? Was Tim Patrick ever going to surpass Judy or Sutton in the rotation? Probably not. But was Tim Patrick going to see a decent amount of targets? Yes. And was that probably going to hold Marvin Mims back from having this great rookie campaign? To me, I thought so. But Tim Patrick ultimately gets fucking smacked backhanded Will Smith style by the injury bug for the second year in a row. I feel terrible for him. Who else got smacked by the injury bug? Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy might miss a couple of games to start off the year. I would be perplexed, shocked, bewildered if he was actually playing in week one. That wouldn't make sense. So Marvin Mims in week one should be the pseudo number two target in this offense behind Cortland Sutton. We know Cortland Sutton's been a guy that people hype up year in and year out. And besides one really solid season, he hasn't really done shit in the NFL. So could Marvin Mims become the number one target without Cortland Sutton? Wouldn't be, or without Jerry Judy, wouldn't be that crazy. Now when Jerry Judy comes back, Marvin Mims could kind of fall back down to earth, or maybe he looks so good 
that he ends up elevating himself past Cortland Sutton as the number two target in this offense. So Marvin Mims, very interesting. This guy was a second round NFL draft pick in the 2023 NFL draft. He played 13 games at Oklahoma last season at 20 years old. 54 receptions on 91 targets. 1,083 receiving yards. 20.1 yards per reception, which is incredible. Six receiving touchdowns. 59.3% catch rate and 198 special teams yards. Again, if Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy were healthy, Marvin Mims would have been a guy that in redraft wasn't very enticing, right? In best ball, I get it. He has the big spike week potential as the wide receiver for, but in redraft, he was kind of an easy pass. But now, another one of these guys that just has a very easy path to having some serious playing time in the rookie year of their career moving to player number eight here Deion Jackson I'm sorry Miss Jackson Ooh, running back of the Indianapolis Colts consensus ADP running back 63 at pick 228 now I was someone that for weeks said Leonard Fournette or I'm gonna do my voice that I make fun of people with oh Leonard Fournette and uh and Kareem Hunt are probably gonna come one of them's probably coming to the Colts so uh don't draft Deion Jackson or any of these other guys well look how stupid I am we are just days out from the start of the season, Leonard Fournette and Kareem Hunt are nowhere to be found. Now, I say this, tomorrow on Labor Day, one of them signs, stay away from Deion Jackson. But if Deion Jackson is the lead back on the team, which he has been said to be, JT's on the pup, out for four games. Deion Jackson was announced to start week one against the Jags. Zach Moss still recovering from injuries. There is a path here for Deion Johnson or Deion Jackson, I should say, to get a lot of work in this offense. His stats last year weren't the best. Running back 55 in PPR, 65 in PPR points per game. He had two starts last year, 16 games played. Six, he had 68 carries, 236 yards, 34 targets, 30 receptions, 209 receiving yards, two total touchdowns. Both of his starts last year were solid. Now he had one that was clearly better than the other, where he was the running back one on the week up against the Jaguars, who they play in week number one. 10 targets for 10 receptions, and this guy's a running back. With 121 total yards and a touchdown. Is, is this guy a must-start player week one? Far from it. But if you are in a deeper league, you want a flex number two option, or you're in a 14, 16-team league, you went wide receiver heavy, Deion Jackson wouldn't be the worst guy to start week one. I still believe very strongly that if JT doesn't come back, if JT gets shipped off to the Dolphins or some other team, then Jonathan, or that not the Jonathan Taylor, then they're going to have to bring someone else in. You would just have to think. But if it's just like a four-week rental, JT shows up week five, then Deion Jackson was a really solid pick at running back 63, pick 228, essentially going undrafted. Like, he's on the waiver wire of a lot of leagues. So thank you guys all so much for watching. Let me know down below in the comment section what you guys thought about the sleepers. Who is your must-own sleeper for 2023 fantasy football drafts? Good luck on all of your guys' drafts. Starting tomorrow, we'll begin with week one content. No more draft content. If you have questions about your draft tomorrow, leave them in the comments. I'll try to talk to you guys down there. If you want to sign up for the Patreon, get my rankings. Full and half PPR. They're on the Patreon. $7.50 to purchase. Helps me out a ton. And you can also ask me questions on there, which I automatically answer. There's a lot of YouTube comments. It's hard for me to get to all of them, but I do get to all the Patreon questions. So if you guys do want that, make sure you guys check that out. Link in the video description. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button down below. Again, shout out to Underdog. Love them. See you guys soon. Have a great one. As always, good boy.